0: Well, we're excited to be here today. Um, we praise God for his power to work in and through us uh, these years in Peru. Um, for those of you who might not know me, um, I attended here at Fellowship Church sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And Pastor Clyde Robinson was our pastor. And we're talking history. Um, but it's a it's it's a church that we have uh, quite a quite a heart tie to. Uh, my mom and dad were attending here when they felt uh, God was calling them to the mission field later in life. Uh, dad was 45 years old and a successful salesman of bulk seed um, here in, in uh, here in New Jersey and Pennsylvania when uh, God spoke their heart and and took us up to upstate, no, up to western New York to go to Bible school. And then uh, they went on to the mission field as I went to college. So uh, this church has a special spot in our, ho- in our heart. And also, uh, we're very grateful that uh, you supported my mom and dad on the mission field for many years as well. So uh, thanks again. Um, you know, we were requested to go to the Missionary Enrichment Conference just this last week—it seems like it was—I <laughs> don't know how long ago—but it was just this week in uh, in Baltimore to to celebrate our 35 years uh, with the Mission Board. And uh, boy, you know the time has just flown so fast. But you know, I say that, and, and everybody's mentioning 35 years. Uh, we said it not to call attention to ourselves, but to give God the glory, because He has shown Himself to be a good God. 35 years with a mission, um, he has never let us down. We have a, we have a video to show you, but you know, I want you to go away today impressed and empowered by the fact that God is a good God. He has been faithful to us for 35 years. Um, even though we weren't on the field, the first three years were still tough. Uh, going from church to church and sharing your, your vision of what God wants you to do and, and asking them to partner with you Uh, can be a little intimidating, Um, but it was a good good time. But God is good. Um, Remember, you can do anything that God wants you to do if you do it in His power. And I, I want you to go away today encouraged that in your life you can do anything God wants you to do if you do it in His power. Right now, if you guys will turn on the video and dim the lights, we'll, we'll watch the, it's a short, only 10 minutes, and we have some words to share after that. Well, I've asked Dorothy to share about um, how God has sustained her for these 35 years, and then I'll share some from the Word.
1: Well, as Glenn mentioned, this week we celebrated 35 years with AVWE, and an actual 32 years on the field as of July 28th this month. It's a totally different country than when we entered in 1987, but it has take It's the grace of God and a wonderful team that has sustained us through prayer and financial support here in the states, and and God's grace. Um, We are so thankful that over 35 years ago, around 35 years ago this summer, when we went to candidate school, uh, the Lord uh, provided so that we could come here to your church and present what we felt God was leading us to do in Peru. Mm -hmm. And uh, you took us on immediately for financial support and prayer support. Mm -hmm. And so we are so very thankful for those 35 years. And it's been our privilege to come and let you know what's happening and report to you on the return of your investment in our lives which is so important and um, counts for eternity. And as Glenn uh, mentioned earlier in the the, uh, slides, the verse in Hebrews 6.10 resonates in our minds about you, where it says that God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you've worked for him Mm -hmm. and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other Mm -hmm. believers. You've cared for us for 35 years, and we hope that continues. Lord willing, we're not retiring anytime soon and asking God to continue to give us His grace and strength for the days ahead. We're home right now for six weeks uh, to be able to share with our churches just on the East Coast what God has done and to thank you. And um, as you know uh, your prayers and your financial support have sustained us through the greatest of times and some of the hardest of times and you've prayed for us and uh, praised the Lord with us um, in that and remembering, I know many of you prayed for our children especially David seemed to get everything on the field from typhoid to hepatitis and meningitis on a furlough in San Diego. But, um, and also through the change of ministry uh, from aviation in the mountains to church planning on the coast, your prayers have meant so very much to us. We couldn't do it without you. We also have a field team of eight other missionary uh, families that we work with on the coast, not directly with. We're in Chiclayo in the north, south of us is Lima where there are five families and then there are two families um, on, the, on the area of the mountains of Arequipa. And all of these people, we all keep in touch with each other and pray for each other, encourage each other during the week. We may not see each other, but two times a year when we get together for edification, education, prayer, and fellowship. But it is an important part of our lives there as well. And we're also very thankful for our children, for Amy, Audra, and David, who were a huge part of everything we did in Peru whether in the mountains or on the coast. They made our family a refuge and a delight, Mm -hmm. and they tell us they had the best childhood. They have many long-term friends in Peru that they still communicate with, and the Spanish (laughs) that they learned there um, have served all of them in their vocations in the States. So thank you so much for your continued prayers for them as adults. God truly dwells in the praise of his children and answers prayer, and and I'll talk a little more about that later. But that reminds me of James five sixteen that says the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. We've seen that in our lives of our children. And I was thinking this past week as we arrived um, in the States and um, celebrated our 35 years with our friends there at ABWE, of uh, that hymn that says, Jesus led me all the way. It has wonderful lyrics.
0: And 40 years of marriage.
1: And 40 years of marriage last Sunday we celebrated. Yeah. <laughs> um, that song comes to mind as I look back over all God has allowed us to do in Peru when we landed in Peru in 1987 it was embroiled in terrorism and civil unrest and war and I have to say I was totally afraid of everything <laughs> and I um, remember looking up in the sky and seeing the jets go back to Miami from Lima and thinking hmm, I think I want to go back but the Lord sustained us through that time, taught us many lessons, even though uh, some people, like even Glenn's grandmother said, you're not taking your children with you, are you? You know, that was, I wonder where she thought we were gonna leave them off. But uh, God took care of our children and us those uh, early years and beyond. And so I thank God for his gentle patience and grace through the hard waters of illnesses and change of ministry and broken times when we didn't know what was going to come He used each time of brokenness to refine us and display his faithfulness to us so we could go forward. And only God, at the very beginning in our time in Peru, could enable us to fly, take a bus, or go by mule to the mountains as we desired to bring um, leadership training and spiritual encouragement to isolated areas for those first 22 years in Peru. And now these past six years, he has only he could give the wisdom to take a small bible study to a growing and thriving church as we continue to build relationships in our city and we look forward to the years to come and as well as you saw david and Gise are a tremendous tremendously gifted peruvian couple with the same vision to work alongside us in the new life church in chiclayo and i you know god brings to my mind often how he has gifted Gise, how he's gifted davy always gifted Glenn and myself and we work together and we learn together as well we have hard times together too we share hard times in prayer together and we sorrow over things that happen and people just leave because of a desire to to follow the world but at the same time it's been a wonderful um, privilege to work alongside them I say it's the only way for us and probably I recommend it to anybody to start a church plant is start with the couple of that that country and um, and then one of, our, one of my greatest joys is, um, as you saw in the video, and we continue to hear, when someone says, after coming to church, seeing changed lives, asking questions, one day they say, I want to know Christ personally, can you help me? And there's nothing like that. We haven't pushed them to that decision, we let the Holy Spirit do his work. And then as they're baptized, to hear them sing this song that we sing there in Spanish, and I haven't heard it in English yet, but it basically says, he's broken my chains and has given me new life. And um, I was reminded of that at the baptistry this morning, how God changes lives, and then they're a reflection of him. And one of those people I just wanted to mention, Carla, the wife of Yvonne, um, came to know Christ after this video. She was unsaved, the Lord took her through cancer and an abuse situation that happened in her family with her children to bring her to him. She accepted Christ not that long ago, and her husband led her to him. Mm-hmm. And even though they've gone through crises since then, we've seen her growing her dependence on the Lord, and unfortunately we don't have a picture, but she was baptized in the last time we had a baptism at New Life Church and is steadily growing in him. And uh, so we love to see the way the Lord takes, the Holy Spirit takes his word and changes lives of despair. Many of them have despairing situations that Glenn and I have never gone through. And we can listen and we can seek God's word for help to counsel them. But they have gone through loneliness, rejection. But as we disciple and mentor them, it's, it's the Holy Spirit that takes his word to change their lives and guide them into their new life with Christ. And it's the same in our children's ministries. When I see the light dawn in the children's eyes, of children who come from unsaved homes, who's maybe one mother or one father is the only Christian, uh, or new Christian, yeah. as they come to understand what Jesus has done for them and, and ask me after class, I want to do what you asked me to, you know, what about, you know, your decision for Jesus, you know? And uh, that happened not too long. One of the girls, that, not even in there, this is a new family. And then about the Crisis Pregnancy Center, you've prayed and you've given towards that over the years. And uh, we're coming up uh, next year on 15 years of ministry in Chiclayo. And i love to see how God uses the volunteers there at the New Hope Pregnancy Center to give hope to the girls with unplanned pregnancies and those in relational turmoil. It's all about relationships. And we, in fact, have had more family and marriage and relational counseling there going on than even the unplanned pregnancies in the last few years. and i love to see when the volunteers grow in their understanding of god's word and depend on him for counseling situations that none of them are professional counselors they're willing people for having to have god use them in the lives of others and um, i'll ask for prayer request about that center in a few minutes so 35 years was a journey that we could not have foreseen everything that god would do no and um He's always been faithful. He's always guided and provided even if we didn't always trust his guidance. We were not always full of faith. We had times of doubt. But thank you for being part of such a big journey with us because I know the prayers here are what kept us focused as God continued to show his faithfulness to us. You know, that song that says only one life will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last, still rings true for me and for Glenn even after 35 years we sang that song as new missionaries going out with all this optimism you know but god has proven himself faithful and he does uh he's coming and he's going to i tell my people someday we're going to get old and go to be with the lord you know and he could take us any time if that's his desire but only what we've done for him is really going to last so thank you for your prayers that made that possible and your giving
0: Thank you, sweetheart. You can have a seat now. Oh, that's right. Leave my notes, lovey. <laughs> takes my notes, I'm fried. Um, okay, that, that's not my notes, that's the bulletin. Well, what gave us hope and kept us going for these 35 years without a doubt um, was that the Lord was with us uh, Turn your Bibles to Psalms 46 and read verses 1 through 3. The Lord was with us every step of the way. You know, each person has a different story, but each of us goes through tough times. Each of us goes through uncertainty. Um, and the older we get, the less we like uncertainty. You know, when you're young, hey, that doesn't shake you. But uh, when you get further down the road, you're like, oh, man, I don't know how the energy for all this. Or I don't know if I'm prepared for all this. Psalms 46, 1 through 3. God is our refuge and strength an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Is that, uh, does that cover your situation? It surely does. Um, you know, even if the worst things happen... He's there. Through its waters, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. That talks about a real, a real upheaval. Right? What could be more dis- disconcerting to a person's life than to see everything fall around him? We had an earthquake this time in Peru that lasted for about, what, three minutes? Off and on, or like two minutes? The longest one I've ever seen, and we have some new cracks in our home, and the minister going to show it. But um, you know, Dorothy's like, "Well, should we run outside?" I said, "Yeah, it's going on too long." You know, it, just the uncertainty, and in the middle of all that, even when the earthquake's, the Lord is there with us. Romans eight thirty-eight and thirty-nine. Romans eight thirty-eight and thirty-nine. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Does that cover it? (laughs) That's pretty broad. Um, And I'll say, you know, besides that, I could not have done 35 years of missionary ministry without a wonderful, sweet, supportive wife. Um, That was a big, big factor. Proverbs 31, okay, look in Proverbs 31, 10 to 11. And it says, a wife of noble character who can find... She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her. You know, even today when we, we do some marriage counseling, uh, we talk about finances because, you know, that's one of those big topics that separates couples is, is finances. And I tell people, I have complete confidence in Dorothy. She has a checkbook, and I don't even look at it. I, I do the plan for what are we going to do with investments for 10, 20 years down the road. And Dorothy takes care of the day-to-day. If I want to know how much money we have, I say, honey, how much money do we have? (laughs) Because I have complete confidence in her. People, when we were first married, they would say, you mean you let her have the checkbook and you don't even look at it? I go, nope. Takes care of it. So I want to to thank you, honey, for being uh, that kind of confidence builder. Uh, A good wife, she opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. My mom and dad were a super fantastic example of hospitality. Um, if there was a missionary in town we had him in our home I don't know if any of you guys remember one time when we were living in Belvedere t- came to the church was a Korean gal you know about ya high um, and she was at our house for like two nights and and just up in New York, uh, missionary couples would uh, always, and families would always come. To I had one um, well-built young man, missionary friend of mine, uh, got stuck in my soapbox derby. We couldn't get him out. We had actually tilted them upside down. But um, my, my mom and dad showed a tremendous uh, hospitality. Dorothy's mom and dad were a little more reserved than, you know, you remember my mom, she was like super sanguine, never met a stranger, Dorothy's mom and dad are a little bit different. Sweet, sweet, uh, sweet believers. But Dorothy has gone beyond what was natural for her in being a hospitable woman. And you cannot be in the mission field and have success without hospitality. It's just part of the thing that that, uh, really breaks down the barriers. And she extends her hands to the needy. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. Uh, She did teach our kids all their all their school years, so I know how, how she can instruct. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And I tell people, when I was attracted to Dorothy, first time at college there, um, it was really to her, her intellectual and spiritual level. Um, and then it didn't hurt that she was cute besides, so. What else? What gave me hope and kept me going for 35 years was not the job of a pilot mechanic, trainer, teacher. Though that was interesting, that was not what kept me going. What gives me hope and keeps me going now is not the job of a church planting pastor, although it's challenging, and to see life's change is very rewarding. What has given me hope, what's given me uh, has kept me going for the 35 years is the love that God placed in my heart for people with compassion. He placed that in my heart by watching my parents and he strengthened it through attending church and, and, and this church was a big part of that too. 1 Corinthians 1 through uh, 13 1 through 7. If I could speak all the languages of the earth and of angels, but didn't love others. I'd only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. You know, whatever your skill set is, you could be a tremendous linguist. You could have doctrinal knowledge beyond anybody else. You could have lots of abilities, but if you don't have and express and show that love of Jesus Christ to others, you're really nothing. You're a somebody but just a clanging bell. If I had the gift of prophecy and understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, if I had such faith that I could move mountains, and boy, would I love to have that faith. If I had such faith I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I had to the poor and even sacrificed my own body, I could boast about it. But I didn't, if I didn't have love, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind, is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. That's the kind of love we need to show to the world around us, if our society saw more believers with that kind of love, they would be knocking on our door. How can I get saved? how How can I know what you have? We love people, even the unlovely. Um, you know, an example of that would be uh, a guy named Aloy. Now, he was up in the mountains in the Haniel, I used to fly to. But Aloy hated me because he was the lay priest. And he was actually four, one of four lay priests in our town. And as in most situations when you're in a really out-of-the-way place, the religious also tends to be the political leader. And so just like in the days of Jesus, um, he did not like that his power was being undermined. And so he would throw rocks at the tin roof every time I came to speak and teach. You know, you ever heard rocks roll down a long tin roof? You know, on the farm maybe you did that. Um, he was not a nice fella. In fact, he used to practice voodoo on, against me. I, I never did have any itchings, but you know, he stuck that baby with pins. And um, they said he practiced voodoo against the airplane. And one time Dorothy was on a, on the, not on a bus, on a, he, she was on a pickup truck in the front of the pickup truck next to him and she didn't know who he was. And people said, you know, couldn't you just feel the evil you know, and we just said, no, God is more powerful than, than all that evil. Well, you know what was neat? God had him fall off his mule, and I don't know how fast the mule was going, but he fell off hard enough that he really injured his shoulder. And we were having a, a clinic up there in the mountains, and an ABWE um, physician came up, and when he was there, he came in, and he came in with his eyes big, and pastor, the pastor of the church later said, you know, I'm sure he thought we were gonna put poison in that shot. But um, they injected a cortisone deep in his shoulder and the Lord healed him like instantly. And he walked out with a smile on his face and the pastor said, did you hear him call you brother? I said, no, wow, that's quite a change in attitude. But and that, that thank, thankfully the Lord worked in his heart and that attitude continued to change. In fact, he started to attend the church there in the mountains Baptist church we we're working with. And then after about six months, he stopped being a lay priest. In fact, the good news is, up there in the mountains, of the four lay priests that were there when, when we first started going, when I first started going, there was only one left when we left. Uh, two got saved. One, I'll tell you about, Eloy. One got saved and became a deacon in the church. And one got saved and moved to a different town. So I lost track of him. But. Aloy stopped being a priest. and he started to tend, and uh, every so often we'd have contact, and I'd ask him, and he'd say, "No, I, I'm not ready to make a decision yet." You know, he was listening, he was thinking, but he wasn't making a decision, wasn't making a commitment. Well, one day we're up there for a um, one week. We're up there for a ladies' camp that Dorothy was throwing for the ladies because they just were very unsupported in a very machista uh, society, and so. They said, Glenn, before you eat breakfast, I think you need to go see Eloy. he's sick. And I'm thinking, sick, you know, he's got stomachache. Um, Can I finish my breakfast? No, you need to go now. So I went now, and there he was laying in bed in dark room, and he was dying. So we hauled him out of the dark room, and I did something a little unorthodox. We stuck his feet in a five gallon bucket of hot water, and I fed him crackers and water because he stopped eating, and he revived. And I talked to him some more and explained the gospel again and again. And I said, Eloi, are you ready to receive the Lord Jesus as your Savior? And he said, oh, I, I need to think about it a bit more. I said, by tomorrow at this time, you will be dead. Well, when I said that, the women who were gathered around, they like freaked out. They started screaming and crying and wailing like almost he'd died already. And so he said, okay, Glenn, um, you know, if, if, if you think that's that critical... Uh, I'm ready I said yes it is and the next day he died in my arms but before he died I and he, they had taken his, his dentures out so he couldn't talk very well but I said just nod your head I said do you believe Jesus is the only way to heaven not through any other religious activity or belief in any other person and he said yes I said are you going to heaven when you die he said yes I said amen, and then he went poof. So, um, that, was, that was neat. Um, you know, to see that changed life, I mean that was about the most radically changed life I had ever encountered, especially since he hated me so much. Um, and in the end he kind of gave me a hug, <laughs> that was neat. Um, we will see him again in heaven, and, and that's a blessing. So changed lives, uh, the whole thing of love gives us, power to keep going. Um, when, the, when days are difficult, when you just don't feel like you could go on, uh, you just look at the, at the changed lives and, and you say, okay, Lord, it, you know, even if it's not as many as I want, it's willing, it's, it's worth it. And then there was this divine determined detour in our career, and the government, uh, the proven government would not let us continue to use our airships that we built on private property But um, the government just said no on that, Uh, their fear of of the drug wars. Um, But of course, that was the sort of situation where if they understood our kind of aviation, they would have known that drug planes could not get get in and out of our little airstrips. But that's kind of a technical thing. But God was faithful through that whole thing too. That was the hardest days of my life. I am not one given to depression. I'm usually a very upbeat guy. I see the glasses half full and um, or three quarters. But during those times, it was tough. You know I mean? God called me from the time I was eight years old, I believe, gave me a heart to want to be a missionary. And within two years, I was convinced God I wanted me to be a missionary pilot. So all of my life, well, with the exception of three years here at Fellowship Church, I almost got sidetracked. Um, who was the fellow who used to teach at Lafayette College? And he taught physics and science up there. Well anyhow, he was part of the, he used to play, I think, one of the instruments up front, trumpet, I think. Anyhow, he, he took me under his wing to kind of <clears throat> nurture me and he almost had me convinced to go into electronics engineering and go to HCJB and, and be one of their technicians at that radio station that reaches around the world. But then um, that changed. Anyhow, so I did become a missionary pilot. But, you know, I had trained all my life to be a missionary pilot. And when they, when they said at the, at the Canada School, Glenn what would you do if your colleagues on the field said, Glenn, it's time for you to lay that plane down and, and go be a pastor. I said, I'd tell them they're crazy. Um, and I said, you know, a society or a group or a committee is not going not to tell me what to do. If God's put a burden in my heart, God's got to tell me that's the end. Well, God, God worked it out in the details, and he closed the door pretty hard. So I said, okay, Lord, I will not kick against the goads. I will not fuss... I will listen and I will obey. And uh, it just seems so natural to transition into something we've been doing part time for so many years. And I thought, Dorothy, when you said, we were in the mountains for 22 years, we do in the church for six, how many is that? That's only 28, we've been in Peru for 32 years. So, those four years were a transition time when because I couldn't fly in the mountains, I was going to Lima to try and change the laws with the Congress and working through that thing, we almost won. But during that time, we were doing more and more of a church plant, but on the side. So it seemed very natural that we would just do that full time. And, and I can say, I'm not bitter. I'm not angry. I'm not upset. I miss flying, that I do. But, you know, God's given me a joy in going full time in a church plant, and we're, we're happy to do it. So thank you for your prayers to that. That was, that was something else. Well, you know, here's something. You say, what can, you do, what can we do for you as a missionary? What gives us hope and kept us going and continues to do so is encouragement from you all back in the States. Now, I don't say back home because home really, I have lived more years in Peru now than I have in the United States. So home is in Peru. But I'm still a citizen of America and I'm still considered this home too. So uh, what helps, what encourages us is, is your communication with us. Um, I wish the churches would send us prayer letters, Um, but we do like to get the bulletin. That at least gives us a clue what's going on. But, you know, um, I write a prayer letter. Well, Dorothy and I write a prayer She usually does most of the work, and then I polish a little bit and put all the pictures together, and then we send it out. But she's like, when it's done, it's done. When when, When it's done, I'm like, okay, who wrote back? And then I can see on MailChimp if you opened it or not. I you know I want you to know you don't open it. I see that name and I said, Craig and Jewel. They didn't read it this time. Oh my goodness! Oh no! No, I'm just kidding. But um, I love I love that where it says you got 59 percent opens, and you got so many comments or so many likes or somebody wrote and said, you know, hey, Glenn, we're praying about this. That just encourages us. You cannot believe how much it encourages. Um, In 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 4, praise be to the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with a comfort we ourselves receive from God. So you go through something, pass it on. You know, encouragers who are going through the same thing. And I, I found an interesting quote. Be an encourager. The world has plenty of critics already. Not, there, there's not a place for constructive criticism, but it should be definitely way less than the constructive stuff. Um, what gives us hope, kept us going, and still does, is the faith in God's call on our life. Um, you know, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 speaks to this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you the path to take. That is such an encouragement. Um, What else gives us hope, kept us going, and continues still to this day is God's promises. God's word is so full of promises for us each step of the way. In Joshua, um, Joshua's at the end of his life, and he's talking to the children of Israel. He says, Soon I'll die going the way of everything on earth. But deep in your hearts you know that every promise of the Lord, your God, has come true. Not a single one failed. That is, that is encouraging. What gave us hope and kept us going? The presence of God. The presence of God with us. Psalms 46, one to three. God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help, ever help in trouble. That is so encouraging. Uh, another verse that's, that's my, uh, kind of like my, my life verse. Um, it helps, it kind of talks like an aviator. Where Isaiah says, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. I can just picture that. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So God has been the one that has kept us going. 35 years and for the rest of our lives however long he has in Peru we don't know we're happy uh, we're going to keep going so thank you very much for your part in our ministry I, I trust that as you leave today you will say wow God is a good God and he will be with me he will help me and whatever he wants me to do he will be there with me and provide the way so that I can do it